0: welcome back to episode 6 of the web3 show my name's luca the frontman of the show and i'm back as always with my one wizards of the, of web3 uh, we've got galactic q red pulls in hand ready to absolutely obliterate the politicians from congress who uh, interviewed the the crypto ceos last week and of course your guy in TradFi from his newly set up boardroom in Norway, ready to go again. Boys, how are we feeling tonight? It's my last week of, uh, of work before I go on holiday, so I'm very excited. That means more time to do the podcast with you gents and uh, more time to read about crypto. How are you guys feeling?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I, th- I think I just found that game I was telling you guys about the other day, that Stellar game called Prosper, I think it was the name, or Prospectus, it was Prospectus, classic game back when Stellar was so relevant. Um, yeah.
2: We're
0: going <laughs> <gonna> to talk, <laughs> talk about that uh, when, we, when we
2: get onto the main topic. No, um, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm like, I'm like I, I think like 75, 80% cash at the moment. Did you say 80 percent cash? Yeah, yeah, I was de-risking in the past months, so I'm, uh, I'm but looking at these, the I'm cash. looking at these prices, and uh, my, my finger is shaking over the buy button.
1: <laughs> well, well, boys, I'm, I'm a hundred percent deployed, yeah. so I'm here.
0: <laughs> <by. laughs> think I'm Galactic Q. I'm in there with you, brother. Burn the ships as they oh, say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Literally, I got stopped out. I got stopped out before the dip. And then I just repurchased today and yesterday. Huge
0: buy orders. Huge buy orders. Well, since we're we're already getting into market banter, let's uh, dive into our market watch for today. Q, do you want to take us away? Where are we with the market? What's happened in the past week? Um, Still a bit of blood in the streets, I guess, but give us the details.
1: Yeah. Well, let me, let me start with something that, you know, our guy in TradFi loves to use, the moving averages. Um, so we're currently sitting <laughs> and resting perfectly on that 200-day moving average for the Bitcoin price, um, kind of solidifying that strong level that we have here at around $47,000. Um, but I will be honest, we are currently in a limbo phase on the Bitcoin price action. Um, we're between support and resistance. Um, moving down closer as we speak to that support level of 47K. Basically, if we lose 47K, $42,000 is a likely target before the bigger bounce, putting in the macro higher, low, and then we push to the upside. Otherwise, we are forming a perfect Bart Simpson here. For those that don't know what a Bart Simpson is, it's a perfect whale manipulation pattern. So very similarly, we could bounce on this 200-day moving average and push up to that 53K level. If we don't reclaim 53K, then 42K is the probable target once again. So key levels to look out for here are $47,000 for the Bitcoin price or $53,000 for the Bitcoin price. Um, But now one interesting thing that I do want to bring up, despite Bitcoin resting on the 200-day moving average, is that dominance has spiked and has broken out of trend for Bitcoin since it bottomed at 40%. And it's currently pumping up, trading around just under 42% dominance, um, which is poor sentiment for altcoins, but strong sentiment for market health. Um, people are filtering back into Bitcoin because the fear and greed is high. Um, but what's nice about this is a lot of the macro RSI's on the daily and weekly charts for the big altcoin players like Polkadot, Kusama, Solana, Alrond, um, um, you know, a bunch of the bigger altcoin players, those RSI's on the weekly are bottoming. Bitcoin's RSI on the weekly is also bottoming. So we are getting a lot of bottom signals coming into play, but I do see another week of sideways action, possibly two weeks of correction sideways action before we do see the bigger push to the upside again. But the macro bottom is near, so I'm DCAing hard. Full deployment. <laughs>
0: Not, not financial advice as always, uh, always, you know, do your own research, but that, that's, that's from the man himself. John, so quick, um, clarification. When yeah. you said the fear and greed index is high, just to clarify to the audience, a high, uh, which, which on Sorry. which spectrum is greed and which is fear when you say high or low? So,
1: so I, sh- I should actually say fear and greed index is low in the traditional sense. So there's a lot of fear in the market, um, yes, yeah. right now. So, Basically, be, be greedy when others are fearful, and fearful when others are greedy. And right now, in the market, leverage has been flushed. There is still a little bit of room for more leverage to be washed out, and that's why this forty-seven K level is so important that we hold. Um, but if we do lose forty-seven K, we'll just flush out the rest of the leverage of those retail hands, um, sort of be normal macro market movements, which is actually quite exciting. Um, so for me, I'm currently deploying um, whether I buy now. Uh, or five percent less. Um, I'm not too concerned. I'd rather catch the bottom um, than try to time the bottom. Um, yeah. So fear, 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 and greed is towards the fear end. Um, so this is when I buy.
0: Are we looking at uh, potentially another crazy manic bull run like the end of last year? Like, can you even say that? You know, or are things different now? Has this? market matured a lot more well you know i don't don't know i mean crypto crypto twitter
2: is looking pretty bleak (laughs) (laughs) and and we know know and and there's been so much good news and and you know like i think things every you know crypto is being institutionalized we've got the congressional hearing we're going to chat about a bit later um but i mean is there is there room for more downside like could we could we be bleeding with with kind of everything from mid to low cap altcoins for the next couple of months, I think yes. Uh, to be
0: entirely honest, maybe that's the question. I,
1: I disagree. I disagree. I don't think altcoins are going to bleed for the next six months. Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think mid what's to low caps. Here, Mid to low caps ones, no. What what I think is happening here is we are in a normal market cycle. So if you pull up the Bitcoin chart on the daily, I wish we could share screen on this podcast. (laughs) But you'll see, we go through these ascending channels and descending channels and it's the normal market structure that we're pushing in. And right now, a lot of the mid to high caps are bottoming in RSI's and everything. A lot of them are sitting 50 to 60, some even 70% below all-time highs. So the room for downwards action for those is very little. Whether they bleed another 2 to 5% from here, it's in the bigger scheme of things, doesn't make too much difference. But what I do see is two weeks or so of Bitcoin sideways action before Bitcoin starts pushing to the upside again and before we really start taking off. And once that Bitcoin price action moves, that's when alts are going to start climbing with it as the liquidity floods back into the market. Because we are looking at USDT dominance and it's rising, which means people are filtering back into Bitcoin and stablecoins. So as soon as that market gets confidence back, we're going to see those altcoins rocket because we know that people love the layer one ecosystems because they're programmable, where Bitcoin isn't. And another thing, if you look at buyers and sellers, we're getting a lot of exhaustion in the market. So things are consolidating and ranging at the moment. Um, And quite an interesting thing was brought up on a live stream I watched earlier today, is that buyers are starting to get exhausted which means that sellers are not going to be able to sell at the prices they want to sell at, which means that they slow down on selling. There was quite an interesting contradiction that was presented. Um, and basically this exact phenomena happened towards the end of the earlier March correction, when I decided to short the market at $30,000 and we pumped up to 65. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will not be making that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Congrats to you for sharing your owls John. love that I, you you only win once you learn
2: from
1: your owls, so you got to share so. them. Did that did we
0: short it. that at the same time
1: John Yeah, you went short with me <laughs> yeah. <were> so <laughs> that,
2: that's why the disclaimer <laughs> at the start of this episode not financial advice, advice not financial advice
0: <laughs> also uh, but, don't don't let your mates uh, pull you down when they're going down with
2: <laughs> when they
0: down as well. But one thing, one thing I do
1: agree with you, Steiner, is that I do think low caps are incredibly risky to play right now. And I'm staying clear of low cap currencies because those will bleed. I think Bitcoin-
0: next Such year, as, John's uh, examples?
1: Anything sub $100 million market cap. Unless you're in at IDO prices or pre-sale prices, you're running mm-hmm. risk. Um, and that's a large... Or unique... there's a product. Yeah, or there's right, a product Jones? or proper business model. But 99% of cryptocurrency sub 100 mil market cap are kind of just a white paper. And that's it. So
2: you've got to be... Have you guys... <laughs> so, sorry, John, Johns, I, I, I get super excited about this. There's all these like weird and, and, and funny iterations of like decentralized finance which drop up. Have you heard of these uh, reflection tokens? No. <laughs> Basically, the yeah. concept is yeah. when you buy, you so say the price is hundred dollars, you buy, you only get 80 dollars of the token, and 20 dollars of your purchase price goes to the current holders but in a different in a different currency, so okay. it's basically <laughs> it's basically the entire value of the system is derived by new people buying into the project roughly it's, bas- it's, bas- it's literally a ponzi it's like.
1: <laughs> so I'm, like a pyramid yeah. I'm literally drawing a pyramid in there yeah. right now yeah, as you yeah, speak
0: yeah. whenever you whenever, that right. whenever, from the whenever someone strings <laughs> a sentence like the value is derived from other people buying after you it's like that is standard pyramid scheme chat like standard ponzi scheme stuff i love, love it. it i love it yeah. John, <laughs> quick question. John, john's quick quick yeah, John's quick question though, just just what? before we round out the, the the market update, I wanted to ask you about an anomaly that we've been seeing. Correct me if I'm if I'm slightly wrong on this though. Terra Luna has been probably the only yes crypto that has just been, as you say, melting faces and just ripping, like going on a complete bull run. <laughs> just explain briefly in like thirty seconds to the audience, like what is going on there? Why do we see Terra as such a such, a anomaly when the market is crashing and, and consolidating at lower prices.
1: Well, it's it's very simple. When UST is minted, Luna is burnt. And UST is
0: what is UST? UST
1: is the dollar pegged algorithmic stablecoin um, that's backed by arbitrages on the Terra Luna ecosystem. So Terra Luna is a decentralized protocol, basically built on the Cosmos SDK. And what they are is a collection of stable coins. UST being the most popular, but they do have a bunch of other stable coins as well. Um, and UST is their dollar pegged stable coin. Well, not pegged one to one to the dollar, but it's backed by arbitrages um, to ma- maintain its peg. Um, and basically as, Luna, as UST is minted, Luna is burnt and that's how it maintains its peg. Um, to simplify it completely. There's obviously a lot more mechanics around it. Um, and UST, I think, hit $8 billion market cap the other day, um, which is insane growth, about an 8X in the last like six months. Yes. Um, and you know, obviously with Coal 5 upgrade, which you know burns all Senior edge as well, um, and the various upgrades that came with Coal 5, we've seen crazy burn structures. I think Ozone has also gone live now, which created a billion dollar burn uh, for Luna. So, all these various burn aspects are now just going crazy, and lunar supply is just getting eaten up. Um, and as we see, melting faces and defying gravity.
2: Right. Maybe just one point to add on to that, just briefly before we jump on. I mean, I think, you know, obviously, we, we're in this decentralized space, um, anonymity is common. Um, I think people rally around influential people in the space. Um, and I think projects like Terra Luna, which have outspoken CEOs like Duquan, um, they are just at an advantage to their peers. Right. I mean this guy is determined Should. to hit ten billion dollars in market cap for UST um by the end of the month. That's just a whole different story to having some protocol that, that governs itself. You know, you've you've got exactly. a leader driving I, it forward. I, I...
1: And when you have a leader that sues the SEC, you're sitting pretty good. (laughs) I just, I think that's the funniest story. The SEC comes and serves him at some conference out of United States borders. And he just kind of sued them back saying, I'm not a U.S. citizen. How can you try (laughs) to come and sue me and and claim these criminal things against (laughs) me? So he kind of just slapped them right back in the face. And I don't know if you guys saw the interview that he had, um, but he literally, I think it was with Fox News or one of those ridiculous news channels. He just put the, the reporters in their place when they were talking about U.S. supremacy and how the SEC should have control over the whole world. And he kind of just, yeah. I'm gonna link it to you guys. We should chat about it next week's podcast. I think Duquan doing SEC.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I. I, I, to be a... I was gonna say I think we should uh, we should we should do a bit of a deeper dive into Terra. One of these episodes, super interesting platform protocol. Um, I know Luca, you're a big anchor protocol. Uh, advocate which is oh, correct me if i'm wrong that's built on top in the Terra ecosystem right um and being a yield yes. yield farming aficionado i know you'd love to touch on that so i think it would be it would be a good thing to dive into that um super interesting and then obviously the the do stuff is good um yeah but yeah i just wanted to uh, ask about that anomaly in the market so thanks for providing some more insight on that here yeah. um Guys, are you ready? Just, just, sorry. Sorry, just last thing
1: I want to touch. the guy's on a roll. He's on a roll today. (laughs) I just just want to just clarify one thing (laughs) when I was talking about low-cap currencies before Steiner came in with reflection coins and stuff. um, Basically, I think people should stay very far away from low-cap gaming and metaverse ecosystem plays specifically (laughs) because right now what's happening is the same phenomena that happened with the DeFi boom last year, August, September. And what happened was every second project started announcing that they were integrating DeFi. And the same thing's happening now. Every single new project is coming out saying we're metaverse, we're GameFi. And usually I look at that as a top signal for a specific niche. I don't think that's a top signal for the macro market, but I think metaverse and gaming needs a huge correction. And I know from a lot of people that I talk to every day, you know, there's, about 20 new videos from influencers on youtube saying the next 300x gaming altcoins buy these next 200x altcoins you know but what people don't realize is that most of those coins are bought up in private sale by the guys pumping them and when there's 50 videos a day all focused on the same ecosystem the same topic the same niche that's a top signal so i do agree that we're going to see at least six months of downtrend in the low-cap riskier place. So right now, positioning yourself in stablecoins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the bigger layer one protocols and maybe some of the bigger DeFi protocols is probably the safest option to go, not financial advice. But that's just how I'm positioning myself in the markets because we do need a
2: correction in the metaverse and gaming ecosystem. Well said, Johns.
0: Uh, crypto is the land of false profits. 100%. <laughs> And John's, John's, a quick clarification. There, just last, last thing. When you say just that, gaming and metaverse uh, vertical is completely overpriced. You, including in that, you know, even the, the blue chip projects in that vertical. So Axie Infinity, Guys, Sandbox. Do me a it's favor. All, are you me saying favor. It, it's all. It's, is, 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 is it all lumped into that that it's overvalued?
1: If you go look at the Sandbox daily charts, it's flatline, and then suddenly one vertical candle up and then a couple other candles stagnating towards the upside. That is not a sustainable chart. There's no corrections, there's no forming of yep. significant resistance and support levels. There's, there's no technical structure to that chart, which means that when it comes down, there's nothing to stop the downturn until the previous high, which is low for a lot of those coins. So as amazing as Sandboxes, as incredible as Decentraland is, don't get me wrong, those projects are phenomenal. And they're probably going to be the biggest players in the crypto space in five years time. Everything comes down. Nothing goes up forever. So people aping into these metaverse ecosystems now, unless they're trading with type stop losses and looking for short term profits, you're going to get wrecked.
0: And that's just my two cents. That's it. Love that. Well, let's, um, let's segue into that. I mean, that was, that was a, Probably our most fiery market update yet. So thanks for that, Q. Love it, love it. Love it. <laughs> um, um, let's head into the um, the Congress hearings uh, last week. Uh, so the crypto CEOs for the first time. I mean, it was a it was a bit of an odd bunch, a uh, bit of a Brady bunch that that ended up going going to the Hill um, to see Congress. But nonetheless, for the first time in history, the crypto crypto CEOs of some of the biggest companies went to for a hearing at Congress um, in the u s and we ju- are just going to cover basically what went down um, some key takeaways lessons, and uh, just reflect on the whole the whole experience um, i mean i was I was pleasantly surprised i don 't know about you guys obviously you you go into something like this with a new you know, where a new burgeoning industry that's going to literally disrupt and overthrow the entire legacy financial system being pitched or, you know, being put in front um, and essentially going into the lion's den of um, a bunch of boomers besides AOC and a couple of others. Um, you know, boomer politicians who are entrenched in a, in a very old mindset, especially when it comes to money and, and uh, traditional banks. However, the conversations and some of the questions actually were quite well thought out, quite, you know, you know, educated questions. A lot of the politicians I was really pleasantly surprised by trying to ask thoughtful questions, uh, you know, really trying to understand blockchain, crypto, the crypto industry, trying to and paying the CEOs uh, a good amount of respect as well, which was which was actually brilliant to see. So basically, we had uh, Brian Brooks, CEO of Bitfury, Jeremy Allaire, CEO of Circle, who um, which creates uh, and uh, obviously distributes USDC coin, um, USD coin; uh, Alicia Haas, CFO of Coinbase. Um, interesting that Brian Armstrong wasn't in attendance. We'll probably chat about that. Danelle Dixon, the CEO of the Stellar Development F- Foundation; Sam Bankman-Fried, CEO of F- FTX, and Chad Cascarilla, CEO of Paxos. Uh, so we had those guys go on, like I said, pleasantly surprised, but my first thing <laughs> to show from that, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll chat about, uh, this guy is to basically showcase, uh, you know, there's always one, there's always one guy who's completely uninformed. Well, you know, there's always one person who's completely uninformed is ignorant and is just completely dismissive of what these people and the industry is doing. Basically, I'm going to show and tell you the industry of the day, uh, the idiot of the day uh, from the Congress hearings. I'm going to play a clip now. Um, hopefully you guys can hear this. Uh, let me know if you can. But uh, yeah, listen to the clip and uh, we'll chat about it afterwards. Now, the number one threat to crypto currency is crypto. Bitcoin could be displaced by Ether, which could be displaced by Dodge, which should be- That's exactly my exactly uh, my reaction. I don't know if you guys could hear that. Could you hear that clearly?
2: Luca, you cut, cut off the you... volume when you muted yourself.
0: Oh no, are you joking? <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Where did it cut off? Where did it cut off? After you said
1: ham- hamster coin.
0: <laughs> oh, God. But I think I... Just play it again, Luca. I'm yeah, going to play it again. I'm going to play it again. Apologies to the, to the audience about this, but uh, it's got to be done. I'll play it from the middle. Bitcoin could be displaced by Ether, which could be displaced by Dodge, which could be displaced by Hamster coin. And then there's Cobra coin. What could Mongo coin do to crypto coin? What? <laughs> okay, guys, I can't. I can't do. It. So, so this guy, this special person, this boomer, his name is Brad Sherman, right? He's a politician from California, and he was idiot of the day. I mean, just to start, start this all off with a meme. This,
1: what, what's that award? What's that award that gets given to the to the biggest fail? Is it the Darwin Award or something like that? the, the, um, what, the
0: biggest The biggest chimp. Oh. Yeah, there's a
1: there's an award that gets given to the biggest idiot of the year each year. Someone who does something so incredibly I stupid. I think it's the Darwin Awards. I think this guy deserves one of those.
0: <laughs> Bro, he does. He deserves it. Honestly. in
2: in the guy's defense, I mean, it must be crazy. Think of, think about it. Like, I'm a char oldie, 60 plus. Uh, you know, you, you're looking from the outside into this. <laughs> Into this crypto ecosystem, like we touched on at the start, that these reflection tokens, now these Ponzi's everywhere, uh, and and I think there, there must be like twenty iterations of Shibu Inu and 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 Dodge. I think I, I mean I think it was maybe the wrong approach, hilarious uh, to onlookers, um, but I, I really sympathise with the man. It must be it must be difficult to understand because I mean the entire value of these of hamster coins and Cobra, cobra coins. Uh, it's just derived from the, the kind of social cloud behind the projects. Um, so if you're not in the trenches, I mean, you're not in the discourse, I, well, like, think, it must I just think, look crazy.
1: I think I feel more sorry about what goes on in his head. Imagine battling with that every day. That must be quite something.
0: But no, but I, yeah, I mean, look, look, I, I think Luca, like, yes, it's, it's, I understand where you're coming from without context, right? I'm, I'm actually tempted to play another just, just like 10 seconds of another clip of this guy, right? Just to give you context of like how he approached the hearing. And then also I'll tell you afterwards, well, actually I'll tell you right now that, you know, um, I got this from, uh, Pomp, uh, he, he covered it. He did a video, um, you know, covering that clip. And basically, he had dug into this guy a bunch of, a couple of years ago because he's actually been a hothead about crypto in the past. This is the first time he's actually gone on record and said, said stuff about crypto. Um, you know, obviously, you know, being, being against it and, and uh, an advocate for the legacy financial system. It turns out, Pomp found out that someone, guess who his biggest donors are? that, you know, support his campaigns. The payment processes and uh, other legacy financial firms. So this guy is literally being funded by the competition. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it makes sense that he would come on and try and deride the industry and, you know, call fraud and just, you know, sort, try and run it into the ground. And you just hear in this other clip, uh, maybe I won't play it, um, Now, but I mean, you can just hear he's got this snarky way of speaking, like sort of talking down to the to these people and just not paying respect. And you understand why. Right. Like, it's it's just a shame that we have people like this just being completely ignorant. And obviously, their interests are conflicted.
2: Fair, fair enough. I mean, you can't, you know, at the same time, one, one could kind of sympathize if if objectively that's what he's seeing, but if, if it's kind of there, there's a motive behind it, you know, again, it's unfair reducing the work of these CEOs down to the level of hamster coin. <laughs> Those are, yeah,
1: I mean, come yeah, on. I mean, it's billions. This is why.
2: Billions of dollars of, of market value created, uh, you know, it's innovation. Trillions. Yeah.
1: It's trillions of dollars. Trillion. I mean, this, this is why I've got zero respect for politicians. I'm sorry. There's always a hidden agenda. Um, and when it comes to politicians and their feedback, I could not give a shit.
0: Sorry, to put it bluntly. Yeah, look, and it's just these guys, these and these guys, like, you know, unfortunately, these guys are going to be on the wrong side of history. And I will say, like, John T., I know, yes, they give, he gives politicians a bad name because there were guys, there were people here. And I must then shout out to, uh, there was one Congressman John McHenry who was really, really educated. Like, remember, he opened, um, he had that opening speech after the chairwoman, and he was chatting to them about Web3, and he un- you can see he understands blockchain on, on a good level. Like, he understands the value that it can potentially bring, and he's framing it in terms of his job. And that, I appreciate that. I mean, there were, you know, there was also another uh, Richie Torres, um, the, that, that, yes. uh, the guy from Richie the South, Torres South Bronx. Who, yeah, he was brilliant. Bronx, he was
1: brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. How you, how you try to understand how remittances could really benefit the people that he supports. Um, and I, I, I thought it was interesting yeah. how um, Charles uh, Cascuriali I, I can't pronounce his name properly, how he explained that whole process and, and, and Richie Torres was so, so open to it. And I thought that, that's the kind of benefit that we're looking for. Because so many people, especially when it comes to remittances, are priced out of the current financial institutions because of fees. Where cryptocurrency, as was explained by Charles, you just yeah. download a wallet and you send it to wherever you need it to be in the world. And this is largely, you know, it's, it's
0: just
2: epic. Maybe
0: just one point on that. Yeah, and and then and then the, sorry, the legacy financial uh, system as well, they they don't have access. Exactly, to yeah. It,
2: which is also being, um, yeah. Sorry, Rico. Yeah, maybe just one point on that, I think, uh, g- good segue, like, you know, where do remittance costs come from? They come from sanctioned uh, channels uh, through which capital can flow, right? Like at the end of the day, like uh, all economies have, have capital controls. And I thought it was so interesting, one of the points made, I think it was uh, Brooks, um, you know, that having having kind of prolific use of dollar-backed stable coins uh, would be a good check on the fed because you've effectively got no switching costs so if if regulators are not able to kind of keep a cool head right and this this printer runs hot year over year and you you've got no switching costs to jump over to another currency exactly
1: the other just on that you know when 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 the the fed is just continuously printing something else that i really like by mr brooks is what he spoke about was the secular reduction of the dollar holdings. Yes,
2: um, yes. Oh, and okay. how,
1: you know, the, the, the dollar has basically, its share of various central banks, like the Chinese bank and all of that, has shrunk from like 80 plus percent to 60 plus percent was what he, what he was saying, I'm just paraphrasing quick. Um, and, you know, basically what was so interesting about that is it so clearly highlights the need that mm-hmm. current global currency can't be based on post-World War II legacy traditional systems, it needs to be more than that. It needs to have a utility feature. And that's where it was so interesting the argument for stable coins came up is that they allow this utility feature above and beyond other traditional currencies. Um, so I just, I found that ac- incredibly interesting and it was nice to see some of the congressmen as
0: well accept that point of view. Yeah, for sure. And then obviously also tying into that, the, you know the, the, the sort of, um, you know, the CEO is obviously putting it out there that, and obviously a lot of the, the, the politicians as well, putting it out there that we still do live in a, you know, a dollar denominated world. People want, people want dollars. I think Chad Cascarillo said it as well. Um, another point he made was that, you know, people want dollars, they want dollars in their bank account. People in Argentina want dollars, um, Yes, you could argue. Obviously, Bitcoin is is the ultimate um, sort of store value asset, but to transact, like people aren't transacting with Bitcoin on a day day to day basis. The dollar is still the world reserve currency, and I I liked also how sort of the CEOs got on, the CEOs and the politicians almost like banded together at one point, and they were like, "Guys, we need to protect the dollar. We're all American. We need to protect the dollar." Like I I I appreciate I appreciate yes. that. Um, and you know, like they want to keep the dollar as the world, as the reserve currency, um, you know keep keep the the threat of China away from that aspect um, and sort of just acknowledging the reality of the world that we we, we still live in and that, and how important then stable coins become as access to dollars, but even more accessible than normal dollars actually.
1: Exactly, I mean, like I look at myself here in South Africa, I mean, I never even thought of using dollars until I entered the crypto space. And now my entire net worth is solely based in dollars. So, so the, the, and I know that for a lot of people in South Africa, you know, the, the dollar is becoming such a relevant currency in the crypto space that if Fed and the SEC and various regulatory entities from the US are not to sort of pursue digital dollar, dollarization, they're going to be missing out on a huge, huge opportunity, probably the opportunity of the century when it comes to actually retaining the dollar global reserve currency status.
2: Maybe two points, maybe two points on that, just to underpin that. I mean, I, I would say 99.999% of, of market liquidity is is dollar-based. If, if you think of kind of stable coin pairs, um, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Johns, but you know this this digital dollarization is interesting because obviously you've got all these third so so every country with a weak currency and you you pointed to south africa um they're going to face an existential threat um if if web 3 is realized in kind of the current form that we, we were thinking of it um because no person in their right mind when confronted with a choice of holding a weak currency versus a strong currency, will pick the weak currency. Right, unless they're forced to by some combination of capital controls or utility. So if you remove the kind yeah. of utility restriction, uh, you, you enable kind of permissionless money effectively, um, it, it's gonna be a really interesting, a, a really interesting next couple of decades, right?
1: I mean, yeah, but, but what we are starting to notice, you know, to support that is that we are noticing third world countries introduce digital versions of their currency. You know, there's, there's currently talks of a stable coin rank, you know, from here in South Africa. But it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, just, it's just talks. But if third world countries start basing their currencies in digital versions, above and beyond what the dollar is willing to offer, and the dollar decides to go the opposite side, opposite way when it comes to regulation, you know, it's, it's a matter of time before that 60 plus percent of market share becomes 50 plus, 40 plus, 30 plus,
2: 20 plus. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I mean, one thing to bear in mind there, again, you know, it's the, it's the whole idea, like you've got the different functions of money, like, you know, Bitcoin can be a good store of value without being a good medium of exchange. If you're in South Africa and you've got kind of a, a digitized RAND, uh, but you have the option of storing currency in dollars. You would, and, and assuming the dollar maintains its status as the reserve currency, you would just store your wealth in dollars and swap to digital rands whenever you need them. So the so the digital dollarization yeah, will will wreak havoc on central banks' ability to kind of manipulate economic growth at the at the at the base level. I would say. And and it's 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 really going to be a, a tough environment, but one that would benefit the the US, right? Of course, if if there's global adoption for the dollar in web three, uh, I mean, basically all they need to do is is just not plant too many roadblocks, and and they'll get there. And I think to your point, Luca, like that is definitely it, it did seem like everyone banded together uh, on that front in the end.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, yep. I think, I think yep. it's important that, that they, they don't necessarily not put too many roadblocks in, but they build a new system of regulation. You know, I think one thing that the executives were calling for is not to use this traditional decades-old system of regulation for traditional markets, but to rather adapt that and develop that into a new, adjusted system of regulation, because we are dealing with something that's never been dealt with before, And we can't apply old law to something that's brand new and emerging.
0: Um, So I think when it comes. Well, Johns, I actually saw something interesting with that, right? That that's sort of like in opposition, but it sort of works in in tandem. Um, Brian Brooks mentioned. Yeah, he mentioned that point you're making, but then he also mentioned something interesting saying that there, there shouldn't be, which a lot of politicians were advocating for. There shouldn't be new political or sorry, regulatory bodies that get created to regulate crypto on their own, th- they should still form part of you know regulation under the SEC for say coinbase or FTX and a bunch of the other regulatory bodies that I'm not one hundred percent clear on, but there shouldn 't be a new regulatory body that gets created because that's just going to be create an inefficient system. I think he said for investment banks there's there's five bodies no, already. But but yes, there needs to be new rules set that you can't hold, like even this, um, you know, uh, holding crypto assets to the Howey test, you know, to but, see if but, they're uh, security. It it doesn't yeah. fit, right? But but
1: it doesn't fit exactly. But that's where it becomes important to regulate the entities that back the currencies. Like look at USDC.
0: Yes yes,
1: you know that's look at Tether. Look at Tether. This is look this is the Tether. point, right? It's it's not it's not regulating. USDT. It's not regulated USDC. Rather regulate the backing entities that hold the pegs or hold the reserves to support those currencies. You know, like Coinbase and I uh, kind off the top of my head now, but both companies um, that back the USDC peg are both fully regulated companies and I think that's the regulation approach that needs to be taken. Not necessarily regulating the currency as a security. There was talk about stable coins becoming securities you know, but rather regulating the entities that support those currencies, And I feel like that's the adjusted framework that needs to be implemented, not new governing bodies, not new regulatory bodies, because we know that that's a logistical and political mess anywhere in the traditional world, but rather just approaching it with a more malleable mindset and adapting to what Web3 is wanting to offer. You know, Web2, Google controls, Web3, we control. And I feel like
0: regulation needs to adjust for that Let, let's hope that's the yeah, end that's... Of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes, exactly yeah. yeah guys just briefly what do we make of uh, tether not being in attendance obviously probably the most controversial uh, non-attendance and brian armstrong not attending i i'll say off the bat that i was quite surprised and Maybe a bit disappointed that Brian Armstrong didn't come, given how loud he's been about meeting with regulators and how active he has been, you know, traveling to Washington to meet with the regulators.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's interesting. Um, maybe there's a there's a IRL reason that we don't know about, but maybe he was busy. You know, I think calendar calendar maybe was busy yeah maybe you had a calendly booking with with some partnership or something who knows but <laughs> one th- one thing i do just want to build on the points i was saying previously you know is i've just blanked let's continue
0: <laughs> so i'll come back tether to... what do we think of tether not attending probably the most uh, controversial Look, non-attendance I, I mean in their defense right like if i were tether <laughs> like
2: I I, I, I would not pitch. I mean, you're basically signing up for going the
0: into
2: lines you, You're going. You're walking straight into the line of fire, and uh, not even God can help you. Uh, so, so to be honest, uh, I would have actually been surprised if they were there. Well played. By I mean, baby. I think
1: I think if tether if tether attended, that would have become the name of the week. I think Twitter would have blown up <laughs> with them. Just
0: getting for sure. and that, one, um, that one, that uh, one. That one congresswoman uh, Velasquez, she made uh, Chad Cascarilla and Jeremy Alley, who obviously there's Pax Dollar and uh, USDC, she made them. She made them like literally vow under oath in in the congr- uh, like at the Congress, saying, "Are all your you know stablecoin reserves backed by fully you know cash and cash equivalents and you know short term Treasury bills?" I mean, <laughs> like you know, if Tether was there, what what were they going to do? say yes no you can't you can't say you can't lie
1: (laughs) they would have just had to say it's backed by a basket of no one knows what
0: (laughs) yeah backed by a basket of uh, facebook and mark zuckerberg
1: of meta shares
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh god No, uh, it
1: it was interesting but i think i think the one thing that stood out for me the most was the conversation around energy consumption with the bitcoin transactions And there was an incredibly good statement made. Another meme. Yeah, meme meme of of the week. Meme (laughs) of the week goes to this young lady. I cannot remember her name, and I do apologize for that. But she made the comment that one Bitcoin transaction uses more electricity than a US household uses in one month. Which, I mean, come on. (laughs) That's a lot. But, you know, to to the savior, Mrs. Dixon pops in with her Stella, Luna, uh, her Stella Lumen's comments um, saying that Stella, which is introducing the narrative of these layer one protocols. Um, and ju- just as a plug in there, this is what I kind of realized a lot about the Congress is that they look at crypto as Bitcoin and everything is Bitcoin. You know, they know of these other various currencies, but they look at it all as the exact same thing as Bitcoin. And what they don't realize is that the whole crypto market's not just based on proof of work. You know, there's tons of consensus mechanisms out there that resolve the efficiency uh, for electricity, for scalability, for fees, for everything. Um, but the, the backwards way that's still being thought about is that when someone says crypto, it's Bitcoin, you know, but they don't realize the development in the program. networks. For-
2: do you do you not think like maybe a better comparison for Bitcoin's energy consumption if we think of it as digital gold would be energy consumption per dollar of market cap? You just expand on that, Luca. Could be. Well, I'm just thinking like, you know, obviously, Bitcoin itself doesn't need to be a medium of exchange. It's generally treated on crypto Twitter as as kind of a long term hold store of value, right? So you know, it won't have the number of transactions as a medium of exchange blockchain would right, so sure, maybe the Bitcoin network overall consumes a lot of energy but looking at it on a per transaction basis, it's like comparing apples with oranges, right
0: it doesn't make make sense, sense. like
2: what would make more sense would be per dollar of market cap with gold, for example and I mean, I I don't know if if there's a study floating around, but I, I just think you know, let's just assume the number is right, which which I have my doubts. Um, I, I would still say it's it's just the wrong metric, to be honest.
0: It's, it's like would you would you compare that to gold's metric? Would you you would compare that to gold's you know ratio to market cap as well? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically. I mean, if
2: if it's I mean, Michael Saylor, right is is very outspoken. That gold is going to be replaced by Bitcoin, you know, and and other stores of value as well, right? Because it's just more convenient. Um, it uh, he he famously said um, it it's preserved through uh, time and space or something. <laughs> like he, he gets he gets so philosophical. Saleable. Uh, he gets so philosophical about it. But I think I think the the point at the end of the day is. Um, Bitcoin is going to eat gold um, and it it makes more sense to compare energy consumption uh, on a like-for-like basis. Uh, I mean, as good as that, that is kind of possible, right? Uh, Rather than just kind of pulling a number out of a hat, which
0: is what this feels like. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, also just uh, carrying on that point, uh, there were a few question marks raised, you know, Not only between us, uh, as to why Stella, Stella was even in attendance. I mean, (laughs) Luca, Luca, (laughs) uh, just tried to pull up a a developer chart of developer activity, and Stella didn't even show up on the chart. So, so we're not quite sure. Maybe that was because maybe they were taking, you know, they had to find a quick replacement for Tether or, you know, Brian Armstrong not being in (laughs) being in attendance. They,
1: they decided to pull the weakest leg off the bench and, and really send them into the deep end there.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean also, you know what's Throw interesting the help though, baby. right? Throw is that is that is that for you know, I, I listened to I think outright the first two and a half two and a half hours of the of the hearing, right? I think beyond the five minutes opening statement, I don't think uh Danelle Dixon from the Stellar Development Foundation actually said actually answered any questions. I think she answered maybe one. Briefly. It's just yeah. It's yeah. just like
1: And that was a plug plug on Stella.
0: Yeah, exactly I mean I, I think exactly. it would have
1: been it would have made more sense to bring more relevant people in, like Duquan, for example, even though he's he's, oh, not, for sure. he's not relevant to, to US regulation, I think it still would have been interesting to have more outspoken people, you know, Sam Bankman Fried, Duquan, guys like that who are developing protocols that resolve a ton of issues that Congress is concerned about when it comes to Bitcoin specifically. You know, these are guys building scale, scalable protocols that could become the internet of the future. These are guys that are building money systems that become become the decentralized version of traditional economies. So those are the guys that I think
0: should have definitely been there. I mean, bro, I, w- I would even want to get Vitalik in the room. Like, oh, he's yeah. building he? <laughs> probably the most, you know, one of the yeah, one yes. of the most important, you know, uh, blockchain protocols in. In the world, Ethereum, which is, you know, look at DeFi, however many billions of dollars locked, NFTs. I mean, there's, there's so much, so much capital, so much value. And, you know, so many, and then on the other side, so many bad things, unfortunately, happening in this early stage where, you know, maybe good regulation is needed and consumer protection more, more like it, um, at least for politicians to understand what's going on there. Surely he would. Have, I mean, he's an extremely thoughtful person. Um, you know, one of the, the brightest minds of our generation. Why would he? Why would you not want him up there, giving his opinions on things? I, I, I'm sure we can think of many. Yeah, ones. I think. I think.
1: I think. I mean, yeah. I think this this was the first of many meetings to come, and I think a precedent has been set. And Congress overall, I walked away from that. You know, watching you know the the Congress speech at two X you know, I, I walked away from that really thinking that Congress is warming up, and people are becoming more and more interested in the value that the space has to offer. So this is the first of a of a first step of a very very long journey ahead, and I think there's going to be multiple meetings where I do see the likes of Vitalik attending, and I do see you know Sam Bankman Fried and. And these various creators of these important protocols that are going to shape the future of currency um and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that by the the next congressional meeting there'll be you know not necessarily more like relevant but a lot more attendance from relevant players in the space
2: yeah i mean watch the yeah, I mean, uh, watch the watch Congress close ranks around a weakening dollar yeah,
0: for sure. And then, and finally, obviously, I think Congress then realized, these politicians then realize that, you know, these crypto people are, you know, they they do have their heads screwed on, they, they do know what they're talking about, they are highly intelligent people, highly, you know, hugely thoughtful people. Um, and they take, they take this stuff very seriously, they want to, they want to take regulation, they invite regulation, because um, it's going to better the industry, and it's going to move things along, it's going to, you know, <laughs> we're, you know, the, the the internet without regulation today would be an absolute mess. And, and so I, they know, because they're at the cutting edge, they know that this is required. So yeah, like you said, first of many, I'm going to give my, uh, you know, my uh, sort of surprise of the afternoon to Brian Brooks. I think he really stole the show. Um, also, Jeremy Allaire was brilliant. Uh, just like really thoughtful, concise, valuable answers to every single question and, and really like, held up hold up the ship. Um, yeah, guys, I mean, we, we've used up a lot of time. On well, Obviously, we had a great market update. Um, I don't know if you guys saw briefly, um, did you guys see what happened with Ubisoft and uh, Quartz, their new um, NFT project they basically launched?
1: I did have a quick peek at that, but um, one thing that I struggled with was my VPN wasn't working. So South Africa regulation wouldn't let me open up the link for some reason um so
0: yeah same in the uk same in the uk i didn't actually end up going but I i was more reading the comments on twitter like i don't know if you guys saw the backlash we sort of have another discord um you know just as a quick point before we before we close out the show for tonight um i think it's another discord uh debacle on our hands like guys ubisoft they got absolutely slammed in on youtube on their youtube announcement and on twitter because they announced this program luca and um or oh, what the, you know this this new um protocol for or a uh, project that allows them to you know is basically a marketplace for in-game nfts um that can be bought and sold and, and traded by the players within the ubisoft ecosystem between their different games and obviously they launched it i think starting on their uh, Tom Clancy uh, Splinter Cell game, which is like their flagship game. I think, yeah, I think it's Splinter Cell. But, bro, they got, they got torn apart, completely got torn apart. And I think it's the same sort of case where a lot of these hardcore gamers are just reacting badly to anything NFTs and crypto coming into their their, you know, their beloved games. So... It's sort of. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's, that's becoming a trend now. I mean, look, look, look how that. So we had the Discord situation. We've now had the Ubisoft. We had OpenSea hinted an IPO and there was huge backlash from the community and they've now redacted that statement and now suddenly said, it's just an idea. Yeah. yeah. OpenSea two days ago announced that it's just an idea and that they still will stick to community decision, which means that they will likely release their governance token. So make sure to mint on OpenSea to get the airdrop. But basically what we are noticing here <laughs> is companies interested and in wanting to take a leap of faith, but a large portion of the population that doesn't quite understand what the technology is is hesitant. And that's all because human psyche doesn't like change.
0: You know? Yeah, and this is the thing, I think there's cognitive dissonance because I think a lot of the if you haven't, you know, taken the the Galactic Q red pull yet and Gone down the rabbit hole for uh, into crypto and web three you will probably what you will see mostly is yes <laughs> Silk Road uh, you know in the early days of crypto crypto is mostly used for illegal transactions, which is completely untrue, one of the literally the biggest myths in in the crypto industry. Um, and you know a lot of the NFT projects and and stuff are scammed. So you know basically they think now their their beloved game developers and their favorite games are trying to scam them into some NFT projects. And but but yeah, I think I think we have to. Th- there's going to be maybe a battle of the minds and different camps where people are just going to have to discover the the you know they're going to have to discover the value unlock for themselves. I read an article of a guy who. Also was a hardcore gamer completely dismissed NFTs uh, earlier this year, uh, but his his mate turned him on to nft to, um, nft nBA top shop top shot and After spending a day on it being decently intelligent and you know understanding the utility and just getting it within games, he was completely sold and, he, and his his attitude towards it completely flipped, and he published you know he 's been publishing articles on it ever since. Um, about play-to-earn games and, and the value it can bring. Uh, I think people will realize at some point that the value accrues to the user, not to the game developer anymore. And that's what we need to wait for. And, and just you know, keep putting out content like this. You know, for people, people like us putting content out like this, and, and I think more game developers showcasing this this uh, this revolution in the best possible way. Is going to make the change over the next few years. Well, said, Sidniker, I think,
2: well guys, I think we're we're dumping as we speak.
0: <laughs> dumping what? Yeah. Dumping what? Really? Are oh yeah, Bitcoin price? touched forty five thousand in the last hour. Oh, I thought you. I thought you meant our. I, 40, I thought seven, you man? meant our pod uh, stock stock price was dumping. Got him instead. Oh, your. Because I know we, we are we, dumping hard. About, we, we've gone still, over time. We're still above two hundred days. That's good. We've gone over we're time. We're but, but, uh, boys, thanks so much. Any unless you have any last minute means to throw into the end. Uh, that's been another amazing episode of uh, the WebView show I really had so much fun and uh, riffing with you guys. Great market update, I must say. Highlight, highlight of the podcast so far. Uh, this market market update today. Um, and guys, I'll, we'll catch you next week for episode seven back to Monday evenings. No more Wednesdays. Unfortunately, maybe we'll have a Wiz- wizard's Wednesday down the line, but, uh, everyone thanks for tuning in those who tuned in live on call in, uh, and we will see you soon. Bye everybody.